Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com Welcome to The Coaching Show with your host, Master Certified Coach Christopher McCollum. And we're waving and we're walking and we're going. Hello, my dear listener. Thank you for being here today. Listen. You're going to, at the end of the show, you're going to thank me for being here today because this is an amazing show brought to you by our producer, my in-studio guest co-host, and just general all-around miracle worker, the famous Clarice Connolly. Say hello, Clarice. Hey, how's it going? I am also very excited for this show. It really, I like that I get to put it together and then I'm like, yes, and I get to interview them. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a ton of fun, so you got to listen in. And you're doing all that work for such little money. That's awesome. (laughs) Uh, Okay, Clarice Connolly, uh, tell people what you do and how you do it and where they can find you. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a women's empowerment coach and I support women through the transitions in their life, you know, whether it's switching from corporate jobs to an entrepreneur, switching from business oriented to mother oriented, just really having an opportunity to have that accountability, have that support structure, and really creating, really creating ease in one of life's difficult what's, what's so places. Funny? I know you have me so distracted, but anyway, so you can find me on empoweringwomen.coach, and all the information and things that I do in more detail are on the website. And uh, I offer complimentary coaching sessions to just see if I'm a fit and what working with me is like. Nice. Uh, empowering, that was so hard. <laughs> empowering women, plural, dot coach, singular. I, of course, am Christopher McAuliffe, Master Certified Coach, which you have to say that way. And um, uh, you can find out more about me by going to ChristopherMcAuliffe.com. But you know what you should do, my dear listener, my dear, dear favorite, you are my favorite listener. You should, <clears throat> pardon me, you should always clear your throat before you get on the air. And then the other thing you should do is go immediately and check out Accomplishment coaching.com accomplishment coaching is home of the world's finest coach training program and that's not hype that's not a slogan that's not a thing it's really the truth more hours of actual coaching more hours of actually being mm-hmm. coached more books to read more learning in the classroom more Tools. actually coaching live humans mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. come in from the outside world not just coach your neighbor who's also a student it's an amazing program what do you want mm-hmm. people to know about that program um, I think the most important thing to know is the kind of like try before you buy kind of thing. Mm. I, I dig the being able to come in on a Saturday morning from 10 a.m. till noon and just get a sit there like a fly on the wall and just observe whether it's in the second month, ninth month, tenth month. Just see how it works. No strings attached. Just be an observer. They ask you if you would like to join for workshops. You get an actual opportunity to experience one of the bigger tools and know whether it's for you or not. Nice. Um, I'd like credit for not making all the jokes that are available, but you should go to accomplishmentcoaching.com. Here are the cities that uh, they're available in. Ready? Let's do it. Cities. Washington, D.C. San Diego, California. Seattle, Washington. Victoria, British Columbia in Canada. And Chicago. And New York City, the Big Apple. That's all. Those are your choices. That was much more fun. I like that way. Oh, yeah. That was fun. Yeah. All right. Uh, what else do we want people to know? Man, conferences, it's conference season. So conferences uh-huh. coming up, the Capital Coaches Conference, if you're in the Washington, D.C. area, the um, Midwest, the ICF Midwest Conference this year, Pittsburgh. Stop it. No, it's, too, it's that, serious. Yeah. That's where I'm from. I know. Tell people how excited you are about I'm Pennsylvania. I'm so excited. 
I'm so excited that, that it's in that city, uh-huh. and I know that so many people are going to travel to there. You know why I'm going? You're going to go? Hells to the yeah. Oh, my God, I need to go. Yeah, you should go. I should, yeah. We should. We will have fun. Oh, my and God. And I will buy the alcohol. I know all the places. Um, yeah, you really do, right? Mm-hmm. That would be fun. Um, I need, like, also the local food, right? Like, the local best food. But here's the thing. I need to... Um, I'm going to go because uh, I, I'm playing a game to get in all the baseball stadiums this year. It's in the summer in Pittsburgh. When else are you going to go to Pittsburgh in the summer? Mm-hmm. Well, you all the time, but me never. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's talk about uh, our guest today because our show is so good. This show is so delicious. Our first um, guest, Dr. Sean C. Jones, the board-certified... Oh, uh, go ahead and say that word. Otolaryngologist, nope. laryngologist, I'm going to, I don't know, with 20 years of experience in medicine and a thriving ENT practice in Paducah, Kentucky. How about that? Also an author, consultant, and speaker on the topic of burnout among physicians and medical stools, school students. You know that burnout's not just for those people, right? The, the biggest people, the people that, uh, the biggest group of people that I meet that are burned out are mental health professionals. Mm. Now he's talking about regular health professionals, but I'm sure he knows all about that too. Um, I think that this is a critical topic. If you're, if you're supporting, if you're coaching, if you're volunteering mm-hmm. with um, medical or other helping professionals, you run into burnout in every corner. So we're delighted to welcome to our microphones Dr. Sean C. Jones. Welcome. Hi, right, it's great to be with you. Thank you. Thanks for being with us. Uh, look around outside. What part of the world are you in today? I'm in Kentucky. A beautiful, beautiful place to be, except uh, maybe a little cold. It's a little chilly today. <laughs> you, um, you had an experience of burnout yourself. Will you tell us what, what you know about burnout, what your experience was? Well, from a personal perspective, it's, it's very disorienting. My burnout was associated with uh, depression, and so I sort of gradually had it come upon me and wasn't recognizing the fact that I was exhibiting symptoms. And it wasn't until people who cared about me in my life, and particularly my wife, confronted me and told me we needed to, to do something to get some help that I really was able to, to sort of make my way out of it with a lot of assistance, of course. <clears throat> I love that. And I, I really want to emphasize there's this piece that's like, what would you say or... What do you want people to know from a physician's like standpoint, like the biggest piece that would stand out? Like how can people identify it? Right. If their partner, for example, is going through something, how yeah. do we know that it's at this level of burnout? Yeah. Right. Well, I think uh, there's a couple of things. There's so much fear involved in uh, particularly in medicine and surgery and, and just being willing to say that you need help. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the fear drives people to allow it to get worse before they seek help. And so one of the first things, I think, is to recognize that there's hope and there's healing available and people are interested. And if you don't admit the fact that you're having difficulty, then kind of step aside and take the uh, initiative to a degree, then generally things get worse and then you may end up in a, in a much, much worse situation than you would have if you'd gotten help sooner. And, you know, that's something we would tell any patient. Mm-hmm. But many times we don't look at ourselves as human beings in a sense. And so in that respect, I think it's really important to be willing to listen to the people around you that are close to you and love you and, and are speaking truth into your life that you need to accept good orderly direction and, and take uh, recommendations from them. 
Now, many people, like, for example, your spouse, probably wasn't <clears throat> an expert in the area of burnout, didn't know what to look for. If we're, if we're as coaches or as, you know, partners of people, uh, noticing certain things, what, what would be a clue that this person's on the path to burnout? What are some of the early symptomology <clears throat> or, or, or what would you notice? Right. Well, the three hallmarks of the syndrome are depersonalization, emotional exhaustion, and uh, a lack of sense of personal satisfaction in your work. So if someone becomes very cynical about work or says things like, I'm just going to keep my head down and do my job because nobody cares what I do anyway, uh, those are the kinds of things that would lead you to believe that they were beginning to have some, some symptoms of burnout, a loss of compassion. Uh, for the people, uh, because as you mentioned, burnout isn't just about physicians, it's about anyone who's in uh, a profession that deals with the public or a helping profession, firefighters, EMTs, CEOs, lots of people can be subject to burnout, but right now we're just experiencing an epidemic of burnout amongst medical professionals. Mm -hmm. I I think that it's important to note uh, Dr. Jones has a free burnout evaluation um, where doctors can receive immediate feedback regarding their evaluation risk of burnout. So go to his website, Dr. Sean C. Jones, and it's spelled S-H-A-W-N-C-J-O-N-E-S.com to get right. access and to the, that. And the doctor isn't spelled out. It's D-R-S-H-A-W-N-C-J-O-N-E-S.com. Um, thank you so much for providing that free burnout evaluation. What, um, what, what do you think is the biggest misconception or people people got ideas about burnout, and when you said that depersonalization and lack of per- personal satisfaction, I was envisioning a very different set of symptoms. So, what else t- would people be surprised to know, or or have people misconceived? Well, I think uh, one of the things that can be uh, misunderstood is the fact that, in terms of functioning, the person can function very well. They can mm-hmm. you know get up, go to work, get the day done, and um, and get things accomplished in a sense, as the syndrome worsens, I think you start to see a deterioration in in how they provide care. Because obviously, if you're a physician and you're losing compassion, then you're going to have difficulty in providing the highest quality care. But there really isn't, in a lot of people, a tremendous drop-off in, in the way they work on a day-to-day basis. It's a little more subtle than that. It has to do with the way they approach work, with the way they approach people. And you'll see some physicians who get angry over things that maybe uh, the anger is out of uh, proportion to the the, the thing that tipped mm-hmm. them off, uh, as it were. And, and you'll see them... Um, doing things they normally wouldn't do if you, if you knew them well in terms of how they react to certain situations. So it really is, in, in, in the beginning, I think very subtle, and it does take someone who knows them pretty well. But in, in retrospect, I think we can look at some of the disruptive physician behavior that's been talked about a lot in the literature as really being a symptom of burnout and more an organizational issue than it is as much about the individual physician that burns out. In your book, Finding Art, find, I knew I was going to Finding do that the Heart in Art, <laughs> a Surgeon's Renaissance Approach to Healing Modern Medical Burnout. Take two. Thank you very much. <laughs> in that book that she said, right, um, 
you talk about your own experience, but you, you also talk about a sort of the larger picture. Describe how physician burnout is sort of a bad deal for everyone, because as far as I know, burnout is almost intrinsic in the way we train physicians, isn't it? And that's one of the, the big problems. I think there are several studies that indicate that uh, compassionate, empathetic um, people are, by and large, the people you find in the first year of medical school, those people get admitted to medical school. And then by the time they reach their third and fourth year, that amount of organizational infrastructure that they touch with and that they come in into contact with changes them to the point where they almost uniformly uh, have had the compassion driven out of them. So I think you're exactly right. There's a, a, an issue with the way we train medical students and physicians that is as much about the technology and the science and that all is very important. But we need to find a way to do that without driving the humanity and the compassion out of physicians as we train them. Because the best thing for a physician, a surgeon, to be is a human being in the end. And, and we're doing something that is not allowing them to retain the capacity for humanness throughout the training process. And then that continues in residency and fellowship. And, yeah. and I think that's why we are seeing such a dramatic increase in it in the last five to seven years. Yeah, I, uh, when I was a single man, not because now I had to stop dating since I got married, but when I was a single man, I <laughs> dated this doctor, this wo- uh, woman who's a doctor, and she would, it was incredible, right? Roll in at like 4 a.m. and then at 6 up and w- a Diet Coke in one hand and a carrot in the other, and she was out the door. And I thought, this is this is not a good idea, right? <laughs> like two hours sleep and, and not great nutrition. So what I'm hearing is sort of a call for a, maybe a better or more compassionate or more, uh, I don't know, even an overhaul of the training. But is there also something about sort of once you join the fraternity, forgive my uh, gender reference there, of doctors, is it is it sort of like a competitive or a, or a type A, like everybody's trying to outperform everyone else? Or is there a, a call for compassion and self-care inside the the profession? Well, I think there is a sense in which um, you're obviously highly motivated and driven to be, uh, you know, the best physician that you can be in dedication uh, to and commitment to the profession is is a big aspect of why you're chosen. It is Mm -hmm. that dedication and commitment which takes the precedent in every situation that becomes the problem. And so part of what makes you, in essence, a great physician also makes you very highly susceptible to burnout. Mm-hmm. And so I think it is, you know, to use a metaphor, the double-edged sword, it cuts both ways. And so I think that's why it's not a situation that you can say we're going to solve, but it is a dilemma that we need to approach with constant vigilance about how we train physicians, about increasing our resilience. In the example you gave you know, having uh, a discussion about how we can get adequate rest and how we can get proper nutrition, but we don't need to just talk about the mechanics, which those are important, but also about things like mindfulness that allows Mm -hmm. us to Mm -hmm. deal with stress in a a healthy and productive way and manage our emotions, 
because we see a lot of ugliness every day, uh, whether it's, you know, an, an unfortunate uh, patient who loses the battle with cancer or a child that, you know, bleeds after a tonsillectomy. There are all sorts of things we deal with that sometimes I think we never really emotionally unpack mm -hmm. and how to do that in a healthy manner as we get the rest and the nutrition and the exercise we need mm -hmm. and, and take vacations, which we're supposed to do. And and then at the same time, looking at it organizationally, because Christine Maslach, who really is sort of the expert in terms of the general idea of burnout and, and describing uh, the syndrome, says that burnout talks or speaks much more about the organizations in which people work than it does about the individual. That's incredible. I'm I'm still hanging on the piece that it's like after three or four years, they're burned out. I was thinking like after a doctor has been in their practice for 10 to 15 years. But so in the book, I really want to, like, I feel like we've distinguished a lot of like the thing. And I love that your, not so much solution, but the approach is finding heart in art. So how do, how do you think that art can help physicians manage this fatigue? Well, I think there's a lot of data that says that art therapy and connecting with creativity and beauty sort of touches the soul of people in a way, whether it's through music or visual arts or dance or even something as simple as taking a walk um, in a, you know, a, a beautiful na national park. Uh, that beauty and creativity touches the soul because in the end, what burnout really is is a distraction between what physicians are asked to do and who they are as people. And so when you get the rub between I'm not able to fulfill my duties in a way that really fills me up on the inside the way I anticipated it would, that's when things really start to come apart. And so nourishing that humanity, that soul within us, uh, with creativity touches a different part of the brain mm. and helps mm. to release compassion in a way that is really healthy, I think. I love that. I'm wondering about, uh, it, I want to go back. You mentioned mm. the organizational problem. Where, you know, I was sort of presuming that people like physicians are kind of on their own when they're dealing with this or mental health or other helping professionals, like they kind of have to create their own schedule. How do you feel that organizations can can address this in a positive, productive way where, where they don't lose the effectiveness of the physicians or helping professionals, but they can also bring more attention to self-care and more attention to, you know, proper rest and those things? Recognizing that a problem exists is the first step to beginning to understand how to solve it. And so I think bringing organizations to the understanding and admission that there is a problem within the structure and how physicians work and are trained, you know, is a great first step. Mm -hmm. The first wellness officer in a large healthcare organization was just appointed at Stanford, Dr. Tate Chin and so. Wow. And so I think that's a, a great first start is recognizing that we need to do something about it. It affects the quality of care. It, there is a study, the, I believe the AMA did, that said that for every physician that leads an organization, it can cost anywhere from 500000 to a $1 million to replace them in terms of the lost time as well as the revenue 
and the recruitment and then the training to get someone else in. So it's a very expensive, um, you know, HR cost for organizations. And then on top of that, if the physician is not functioning at a at a mm-hmm. high level, then obviously the risk of malpractice suits or other types of uh, sentinel events could be higher. So the return on investment for organizations, I think, is important to address, not because the human cost shouldn't be the most important, but we have to be honest about the fact that organizations in the end are interested in the bottom line as well and address mm-hmm. both of those as we try to make the case for addressing wellness and physicians uh, on that level. Is there something that... Um we can do as coaches. So, you know, clearly most, well, I don't know about everyone, but people that I've trained, people that have been trained through accomplishment coaching, I know there's a huge emphasis on well-being, whether mm-hmm. we're talking with a high-level executive or a solopreneur or a helping someone in the helping professions. So beyond coaches focusing on self-care and, you know, people sort of operating on a, a strong foundation, are there other ways that you see that coaches can impact physicians, hospital executives, healthcare executives, and and others to make this a priority? Oh, absolutely. In fact, um, I didn't really discuss this so much in the book, but I had a, a coach for a couple of years before I experienced my burnout, and I think I was just, or I should say before I admitted my burnout, I would think I was just much too far down the path Mm. to change. And actually, I got a note from my executive coach uh, after um, I took my time out and I and, uh, got some intensive outpatient psychotherapy for my depression. And, you know, he said, I'm really glad you were willing to finally open up because there were just things I wasn't willing to talk about. Mm-hmm. And he sensed that. And um, so I think coaching is great. I think it just needs to be done proactively mm-hmm. and prospectively. Mm-hmm. And it would be, I think, a great thing if every medical school had enough coaches that were either affiliated with the university or on retainer or what have you for every mm-hmm. medical student and resident fellow to be able to access them on a regular basis if they wanted to. Um, because I think coaches could, could do a tremendous amount for helping increase the resilience of physicians as they're trained. But we've got to operate on the other side of the paradigm as well and and look at the organizational uh, milieu and reducing the work-related stress, which really causes burnout. And coaches could help identify from the the people that they coach and interview and look at. They could also help the organization navigate the waters of what is really causing the stress and what do most of my uh, clients or patients say about what's causing the stress. Mm-hmm. And that would help the organizations as well. It's so important, and thank you for giving us a clear direction to do that. And anybody out there in the sound of our voices who's talking with or working with healthcare professionals, executives in healthcare systems, and/or physicians or other um, you know providers, boy, please address this important issue. Um, mm-hmm. I wonder, uh, Doctor Jones, that so through your book, through this free burnout evaluation at your website, Dr. Sean Jones, that's D-R-S-H-A-W-N-C-J-O-N-E-S.com. You offer support for physicians. How can people work with you directly? Well, I think they can contact me through the, uh, through the website, and 
then um, we can talk about ways that uh, I might be able to help them increase their resilience. And, and there are a number of things that we know that help individuals to be able to handle work-related stress and ways of looking at things that uh, can change their perspective in a way that is, is healthy. And then in addition, uh, there are opportunities uh, for me to talk to the organizations uh, mm-hmm. of individuals who are interested. Again, because if all we do is increase resilience of individual physicians, there's always going to be an environment that is stressful enough that will cause burnout, no matter how resilient physicians are. It's a primary attribution error to overemphasize the individual factors when Organizational issues are more important. Right, the organizational and the and the culture calls for it. All right, so if you're within the sounds of our voice and you want to, uh, you've got somebody who could benefit from talking to or working with Dr. Sean C. Jones, please send them. You can find him on Twitter or Facebook at Sean, S-H-A-W-N-C, Jones, J-O-N-E-S, M-D, or you can go to the website, which is Dr. D-R, S-H-A-W-N-C-J-O-N-E-S dot com. Dr. Jones, it's been great to meet you, and thank you for your work, including the book, Finding Art in Heart, A Surgeon's Renaissance Approach to Healing Modern Medical Burnout. Um, is there, we've got about, just about a minute left. Is there a parting thought or a parting shot you'd like to leave 50,000 or so coaches with today? Well, I just think that it's important that we, uh, as coaches, address the internal environment of the individual and how they handle work-related stress and their variety mechanisms to do that. And I just hope more than anything else that people find hope in uh, my story of burnout and they're able to, to find hope in their lives as a result of that. Beautifully said. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything else for you, my dear? I just love that. I think the part that really stands out is, you know, how often we think about sleep and mechanical stuff and working out and then there's never really the like, people never really point to the emotional like processing piece that like actually also needs to happen. So I really appreciate that you're speaking and addressing that because that's huge. How are we working out our emotions? How are we processing and unpacking the things that happen to us, especially the big traumatic, traumatic things. Well, in any case, go immediately to the website, drseancjones.com or check him out on Twitter, Facebook, or LinkedIn. Thank you, and thank you, Dr. Jones, for being with us today. It's such an important wor- important work that you're doing. And, you know, in your spare time, you're a board-certified ENT. Amazing. <laughs> Thanks thank so you. much it's for been taking time. It's my pleasure time. to be with you. It's been Yay. a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks so much for coming on and joining us. All right. When we come back, we'll talk with uh, co-founder and president and CEO for Solutions for Change and find out what they're up to. You're listening to The Coaching Show. That is the voice of Clarice Connolly. I'm Christopher McAuliffe, your host. And we'll be back right after these important words. You're listening to us either through the magic of podcasts or wsradio.com. Tired of presentations with no impact, no inspiration, and no traction? Do dull speakers have you and your team disengaged and distracted by smartphones? Christopher McAuliffe brings energy, insights, and two decades of experience delivered with punch, humor, and heart. Your team will leave energized, uplifted, and with a sense of purpose. Visit ChristopherMcAuliffe.com to bring some heat to your next speaking engagement. M-C-A-U-L-I-F-F-E. ChristopherMcAuliffe.com. Are you seeking to change your career to something that is both fulfilling and challenging? 
Do you want to help people reach their full potential and strive to achieve their dreams? Would you like to inspire those around you and help create a better world? If you're serious about a career change or just want to explore the craft of personal coaching, contact Accomplishment Coaching with locations across the country in Washington, D.C., Seattle, Chicago, New York City, and San Diego. Accomplishment Coaching is the leading institution in personal coaching. Our staff carefully monitors the entire program live during the training process and have met the strict standards of ICF International to achieve accreditation through a focus on quality instruction rather than endless modules of training accomplishment coaching will guide you from your very first step all the way to becoming one of the finest coaches in the world visit accomplishmentcoaching.com to learn more accomplishment coaching where coaches lead and leaders coach Christopher McAuliffe is your source for the latest in the world of personal coaching. Whether it be speaking with such luminaries as Deepak Chopra or getting the newest techniques and innovation, the coaching show is always on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Gotham Books presents Marriage Rules by Harriet Lerner. The book Martha Beck calls required reading for anyone hoping to interact successfully with any other human, not just for those in romantic relationships. Get your copy wherever books and ebooks are sold and visit harrietlearner.com to learn how to change your marriage today. Do you want to be a professional coach? Are you in business trying to make a real difference with people you manage or work with? Have you started a coaching practice that isn't quite getting off the ground? Get the skills you need to be a successful coach today with the Coach's Training Program from Accomplishment Coaching. The Coach's Training Program will show you how to help others focus and be more fulfilled. Whether you want to improve your company's bottom line or create a thriving coaching practice, Accomplishment Coaching can give you the distinctions and practices you need to coach others effectively today. Accomplishment Coaching has spent six years developing a cutting-edge coaches training program that will have you ready to coach people professionally in just 12 months, and you don't have to take time off work to do it. To find out more about the Coaches Training Program, just call 1-888-548-6813. That's 1-888-548-6813. 